Thanks for listening to this podcast of Trending with Timory from the Relevant Radio app. Anything you share in terms of episodes, whether it's texting it to a friend, posting on social media, helps to build up the kingdom for God to help confront the challenging issues we face as a culture, but with joy, with hope, and with an eternal perspective where our faith collides with everyday life, bringing eternal principles to help us live our life joyfully. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio. Artificial intelligence has triggered a strike in Hollywood. You may have heard it the last couple of months. Everything from screenwriters to actors as well. We're talking about well over 76,000 striking with the two combined unions. It's a historic moment in Hollywood, and it's fascinating to talk about from the perspective of artificial intelligence because that is the catalyst predominantly for the strike. In addition to seeing this from a Catholic perspective, what we view with regard to the importance of work, the dignity of work, as the church often refers to it. And with work on the forefront of our minds, what I want to unpack today is a rather controversial topic, and that is maybe you shouldn't go to college. If you're a future college student, soon to be starting in a month or so, or maybe in now, it's a topic of conversation that I don't think we discuss enough with both boys and girls within that particular context of whether or not you're male or female, but also with everything from student let student debt to what you intend to do. There's so much to be discussed, and I'm really looking forward to diving into this particular topic because it's one that's a sensitive issue, one that even the whole idea of the American dream influences in many ways to which we have this mindset that you have to have the education in order to provide for the type of life you want. But is that the case anymore? We'll talk about that in just a little bit and kind of knock on the on its back, the whole idea that everyone has to go to college. You're listening to Trending with Timory here on Relevant Radio. We're actually kicking off the show today talking about how Pope St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body really is a catalyst for understanding the context in many respects of any conversation surrounding work and surrounding even going to school, what decisions we make with our lives. If you join me, we're in the midst of this series. We're in week two of walking through the 133 of Pope St. John Paul II's catechetical talks on what is referred to as the theology of the body. It's not just the theology of sexuality, but it's about discovering our purpose, discovering who we are, having an understanding of human anthropology. Pope St. John Paul II in his Theology of the Body in these first handful of catechetical talks actually talks about the fundamental element of the human person and work and discovering part of our purpose in relation to work. As we've been discussing, as we walked through the creation account in Genesis chapters 1 and 2, particularly right now focusing on the creation account in Genesis chapter 2, because God told us the creation account in sacred scripture twice to really make sure we understood fundamental things about who we are as human beings and what we're made for. We've come to understand that we're more like God and less like the rest of the created world, particularly even including the animals. While Adam names all the animals and naming them, he discovers and comes to understand that he's radically different from them. He's alone on this earth, and this is why God says it is not good that man should be alone. And that's before he creates Eve. But even in that 
a lone state, Adam recognizes there's no other individual like me. Part of that in understanding the great definition of ourselves as human beings with Adam being that primordial first human being, we come to understand that there's a fundamental dimension of work that we have as human beings. God put Adam in the garden to till and keep the garden. But fundamentally, we understand as human beings, not just Adam as a man, that we're all called to cultivate and transform the world we live in. And I think this is significant. As we look at the created world, the earth is meant to meet the needs of human beings, not vice versa. For some reason, with everything from environmentalism to population control, we tend to get this wrong today as we worship the earth rather than understanding that God created the earth to be subdued by the human person for us to cultivate and transform it. All of that is significant if we actually read something in Genesis chapter 2 that was said before the creation of Adam himself. We actually read before any human person was on the earth in sacred scripture it says, no one tilled the ground and made the water of the channels rise from the earth to irrigate the whole soil. What is the point here? In Genesis chapter 2, what's saying is that there is something missing on earth, and that is the human person there to cultivate, transform, and subdue and bring order to what God had created. Not that what God created was disordered per se, but that we are called to cultivate it. The same way if I look at my garden surrounding my house. I have all of these different fruit trees and I have tons of rose bushes that I inherited since we bought our new home. And if I don't prune, the rose bushes end up being, and they are right now, admittedly, uh, they are a bunch of dry sticks right now because I didn't prune back and take off the dead roses after they had finished their full bloom. In a certain respect, that's a sense of chaos or disorder because we haven't properly allowed for that beauty to continue to transform. We haven't allowed for the energy and the water and the plant to properly produce the plant in a way that is beautiful. That's a part of cultivating and transforming what we have around us. Certain trees won't grow if not properly taken care of. Fruit, less fruit will be born. All of this is a part of this understanding of cultivating and transforming the earth. And this was understood in a poignant way by Adam and Eve. In particular, if we hear the story of Adam being created first, that when we read this prior to Adam even being created, no one was there, we read, to till the ground and make the water of the channels rise up from the earth to irrigate the whole soil. So what are we reading? What we're reading here in Genesis chapter 2, verse 5, that before Adam was there, that there was not as much done as could be done. And it's only through the human person who has a likeness to God with intellect and free will, the ability and the calling to have dominion over the world, not to dominate, but to have dominion, to subdue and bring into submission the sense of cultivating the earth so that man works with creation to function according to the need of the human person, both in function as well as in beauty. At the same time, we understand that the earth, and this is fundamental, is subject to the human person. And I can't emphasize this enough as I repeat it, that we're there to cultivate and transform, to bring forth the resources. We are not to become the commodity of the earth to be transformed and manipulated by other human people. And that's significant in the culture we live in. 
where we tend to think that the human person doesn't have a nature or a design. But just as God created the rest of the world and earth and all the plants and the animals, everything has a proper function. Even looking at the food chain, the way plants work, it's all significant. And in the midst of that, there is a line from Pope St. John Paul II that I mentioned yesterday during the series, where Pope St. John Paul II refers to Adam as a body among bodies. That is a body in the midst of all the animals, in the midst of all of the plants, that at the same time as he's a body among bodies, he's so much more. He transcends the rest of creation because he's made, because we as human beings are made in God's image and likeness. And when we understand this, we understand this great sense of responsibility in cultivating the world around us in a certain respect that we tame what we have surrounding us to bring a sense of beauty and a sense of production for food, for cultivating resources to help care for others, bringing a sense of order to what is wild in some respects we could argue is chaotic and again we have to be careful with language here not to say that what god created was was chaos uh, but he did create animals in the wild and we tamed animals so that we could eat them uh, again the way we even prune a rose bush or a fruit tree has a proper order for it to produce more and to look more beautiful what's at the core of this whole conversation is this idea of work which is relevant to the conversation we're going to have as we continue in just a little bit to talk about why maybe everyone shouldn't go to college and advice for high school students who are discerning careers and moving forward along with college students and even the whole argument in surrounding artificial intelligence and the strikes in Hollywood with over 76,000, I believe it is, uh, workers protesting strike on strike right now. We're going to talk about at the heart of this, although you may not care much about what's happening to Hollywood workers and whether or not they're being overpaid or not. At the heart of this is a conversation about the value of the human person and the work we have to offer the world. And that's what's in Pope St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body that we're discussing here on Trending with Timory in this series as we uncover in particular this conversation surrounding work. The idea of subduing the earth, having dominion, producing something, even cultivating beauty to bring about pleasure and how we appreciate and look at the things around us, but also as human beings to take it beyond pleasure into the intellect and appreciation and contemplation of what we see. That ultimately, all of creation, as we cultivate it, it leads us to a sense of gratitude. It leads us to a sense of awe and wonder before God who created the world for a purpose and created us for a particular purpose within the world. All of this is giving to a sense of wonder and respect for God's design, for the human design he had for the world. And I think that's significant. The human design, the human stamp, that is meant to occur on this earth is a good thing. So the question is, what will we do with the work of our own hands? And I think this starts to transition into the entire conversation about why maybe everyone shouldn't go to college. And I want to start off today with just pointing out a few key aspects with regard to work and career. Work is a good thing, but we shouldn't live for the sake of working we should work so that it allows us to live, to have a means, even to, at times to include part of our purpose. But work itself 
isn't what defines us as human beings. All of us, in fact, are created to work, to contribute in some way to the functioning of society, but in particular to meeting our own needs and responsibilities. I think of St. Paul in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, where he says, if anyone will not work, let him not eat. That's a pretty bold line, and I think that is very relevant in the culture we live in today of the great resignation. If anyone, St. Paul says, will not work, let him not eat. Let him not eat. What's the context of St. Paul talking about this? Well, he's talking to the community in Thessalonia and he's calling them out because he's hearing about how the people of Thessalonia are being idle. He's hearing about idleness. And so he's calling them to a sense of responsibility, contribution, helping them to understand they have a part to play. And even, I would argue, a sense of gratitude for the provisions they have, understanding that, yes, everything we have is a gift from God, but also it's earned at the same time. This is why work ethic is so important. It's why phrases that we have commonly heard, such as work as if everything depended on you, but hope as if everything depends on God, because it does end of the day when we have a good work ethic when we live in a state of grace we have a good sense of responsibility we will have rightly ordered work that we are doing we'll understand where our responsibilities are where we we should not overwork overwork is a whole problem in and of itself as well but as we talk about this whole idea of idleness that saint paul is specifically speaking to the community of thessalonia about inspired by the Holy Spirit, remember, because it's both the human and divine author of all sacred scripture, I think this is relevant to today. St. Paul, when addressing the crisis of idleness in the community of Thessalonia, says to imitate himself and the other disciples. He says, with toil and labor, we worked night and day that we might not burden any of you. What's St. Paul saying? Well, something that's pretty significant about the early church is that even in their missionary zeal and the work they did, they were still working to provide for their for themselves. While the community worked to provide for them, often they were still doing work, I believe it was St. Paul himself, who was a tent maker. So we're called to imitate St. Paul and the apostles in working. And I think that question of work is different for each and every individual. Each of us has a different set of responsibilities. Each of us has a different set of skills and desires and a calling as well that God has for us. And so I want to situate now this conversation with regard to college within that broader context of Pope St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body, understanding the creation of the human person, the responsibility we have as human beings to cultivate, to subdue the earth. All of these things are significant when we talk about having dominion as human beings. And that brings us to the conversation of college. And here's my argument. I really don't think everyone should go to college. And I think this is a conversation we need to engage in more often. Because I think there are a lot of people that are floundering today because of this universal mindset that everyone goes to college. Everyone gets a degree. I think we need to have an honest conversation about it. I think it's controversial. And that's okay if we disagree or can come to a greater understanding about it. I think we need to be open-minded. Here's the bottom line. We're seeing something fascinating happening in society today. 
that is what we are referring to as the great resignation. People who are leaving their jobs for other jobs. People who are leaving their jobs for jobs they've dreamt up. People who are leaving their jobs and not working. We have the largest number in particularly today of men who are of a working age who have chosen not to work and who are not looking for any employment actively. I don't have those numbers in front of me particularly right now, but that's a whole topic in and of itself that we've discussed before. Part of this great resignation is that for years we have a growing massive part of the population of men who are of working years, capable of working and won't work. But also what's interesting, rather than talking about that group, but I think that this does bring correlation to that group as well. We see a group of young people floundering today, in particular Gen Z. Gen Z is anyone at this time defined as born between the ages of 1997 and 2012. So basically, they're between the ages of 9 and 24. They started to enter the workforce out of college about two years ago, and if they didn't go to college, they entered the workforce much sooner than that. What's interesting is that Gen Z, along with the other generations, have been told, you have to go to college, you have to get your degree, and now we're being told, well, the college degree means nothing. In fact, it's fascinating. Did you know that there are some businesses who are refusing to hire people with college degrees? It's actually a big topic of debate today in the corporate world. We're seeing what universities and schools have produced in Gen Z, along with parenting techniques of Gen Z and influences of social media, that Gen Z has been quitting. Get this. This is fascinating. Have you seen this? That Gen Z is literally quitting working before they've even begun. They're a part of the great resignation. They are not working, many of them. Or they're choosing to work jobs that are, quote, part-time or work from home, and somehow they're skimping by with getting work done that's next to nothing, yet being paid a full-time salary. It's fascinating what's occurring, that it's being allowed to occur. So this is where I think the honest conversations have to occur because the universities are not producing people with good work ethics. It's also not producing people with skills who are actually able to enter right into a job, right into the workforce. So here's the honest conversation. I think three key things we have to discuss before we dive into this a little further. Number one, not everyone should go to college. I think that's just a myth or an idea or a mindset that needs to be obliterated. Whether you're a high school student, a college student, a parent, someone who hires people to work for you. Trust me when I say there are plenty of candidates who I can say are far better qualified and have a better work ethic than other people who have degrees. Even people who are self-taught, I often find, are far more educated than people who have gone through the university systems. So again, that's number one. Not everyone should go to college. Number two, not everyone will work in a career. And I think that's very significant. Some people are called to be caretakers. Some people have family members who are very ill and are called to give full-time care to those family members. Some people choose to be parents, particularly moms, and they shouldn't have to face crippling student loan debt in the midst of that. And I'll give a caveat. We'll talk about it a little more in a bit. I think it's excellent when we have educated women who are then stay-at-home moms or primarily working as moms and maybe part-time on the side. I think that's excellent. I think that's phenomenal. But it shouldn't be at the cost of forcing people to be destitute, forcing people into 
student loan debt that is crippling and a burden. Or it also shouldn't force women into this perspective of, hey, you got a degree. How dare you waste your life by becoming a mom? That's such a horrible argument. And even good intentioned and good willed people make it when I don't think they mean to. And this is a big problem in the Catholic community. So number two was not everyone will work in a career. That's the fact. That's just an absolute fact. And that means that therefore not everyone needs a college degree. Not that college degrees are bad in and of themselves, but again, is it worth the cost at the damage it can bring? And we'll talk in particular about the damage it's bringing to men and women. Number three, I think it's important, and this is fundamental to the whole college university education debate. Many, and I'll repeat many, jobs today require skills and certifications, not degrees. That's very significant. Many jobs today require skills and certifications that are not degrees. I'll give you a handful of examples. And this is a very small and limited list in comparison to the much larger list that you could go through yourself. You don't need a degree to be an ultrasound technician, even a CPA, depending on the state. Or even if you want to be a CPA, that is an accountant, you still have to get certified outside of college and you don't need to have a degree in accounting to become a CPA. I think that's important to recognize. Cybersecurity. Most people in the cybersecurity industry, along with coding, don't need degrees. They're high-level certifications, which, by the way, you can obtain in a couple of months, depending on your work ethic, and you can be making six figures as base pay. For example, I chose after college and before graduate school to go through with a Pilates certification. Here's what's really interesting when I did my Pilates certification. By the way, this is the primary way I supported myself when I was single and doing missionary work. Because I let's be truthful, when you work for the church, you make next to nothing or often at times absolutely nothing. So I was supporting myself through my skill that I had obtained a certification for, and that is Pilates. Here's what was fascinating. There were people at the doctorate level. There were people who were already personal trainers, people, people who were physical therapists and occupational therapists side by side with me with incredible education doing the same exact Pilates certification that I was doing. Why? Because people want hands-on skills, experience, and training, and you don't always have to go to college in order to get that. I work with the same population as a Pilates trainer as very well-educated physical trainers are working with as people who are training people to overcome injuries. These are the same things I did. And you could compare the education on par, and if not better at times, in these certification problem programs. Not to mention, again, I just want to run through some of these lists because I, if you're just joining us, we're talking about whether or not people should go to college. My argument is maybe you shouldn't go to college. Not everyone should go to college. Not everyone will work in a career that requires you to go to college or in a career at all, per se, per the world's view of what a career is. And many jobs today require skills and certifications, not degrees. And I think that's important. So just to list a few other things, and more than a few, but there's a much, much larger list than this. You don't need a college degree to be a real estate agent, a plumber, an electrician, a welder, a paramedic, a firefighter, in the military, a project manager, which by the way, Every company needs a project manager, but what's fascinating is guess who is getting preferential treatment today for higher level management manager positions? It's people who have 
certificates, those high-level certificates in project management. And in fact, it's fascinating because project management certificates are so influential today that people, uh, there are organizations or companies that have created lower-level project management certificates, and then there's a the higher-level project management certificate. Either way, it's riveting to see how these project management certificates are actually the catalyst for really pushing people further into their career. By the way, you also don't need a college degree to enter into the police force, become a sheriff. This is not an all-inclusive list. This are, just includes a handful of things that I know of, that I've researched. I know there are far more things in all industries that don't require a college degree. At the end of the day, we're talking about theory versus applied experience. And what we're seeing today is that 22-year-olds trying to enter into the workforce after finishing school are shocked by the fact that they can't get jobs. They need skills. They need a better work ethic. And they also need a willingness to apply the skills and work ethic with an openness to learning, to being teachable, to being humble, to not being prideful, to not knowing it all. So those are some takes on the whole college debate. I want to come back talking about the bottom line of how college is impacting men and women and how we need to continue to have a bigger conversation about maybe not everyone should go to college. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Hot topic today on trending. Maybe you shouldn't go to college. That's what we're talking about. If you weren't with us for the full hour, I really do hope you will go and listen to the podcast, which, by the way, the easiest way to listen to all podcasts here on Relevant Radio, which every show is produced by the end of the day into a podcast, even within a few minutes or hours often available to you if you miss part of the show, is by downloading our Relevant Radio app. The Relevant Radio app is absolutely free. You can do everything from pray there, watch mass, watch the rosary live. You can listen live to programs and on demand via the podcast. In all the notes there for the show, I mentioned tons of resources during most of our shows, and those shows are always there in the notes on the app and the podcast. Or you can also listen wherever you catch your podcast, you name it. But what we're talking about is this wider topic of, I really say maybe you shouldn't go to college. Maybe not everyone should go to college. Hey, maybe you've already signed up. You are just weeks away from your first freshman year of college orientation. Or maybe you're in your sophomore year or heading into it and you're having second thoughts. That's okay. I think that's important to say. And I know there are many parents who might be a little aghast at what I'm saying. But as I mentioned before, I included a list. I'm counting 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 different and various careers that do not require any college degree whatsoever. And many of them, even starting pay, is either six figures or often close to it. Not all of them, but many of them are. So the whole idea is this idea, the fact that the 22-year-olds who are entering into the workforce today have no experience, have theory rather than applied experience, and they expect to get a job. 
And they're shocked by the world that it's not that easy. But they thought it would. They've been working at a four-year degree and many years before that for years and years of schooling all the way up until they entered into college. What we need today, I mentioned a moment ago, is a solid work ethic, skills, and willingness to apply ourselves and learn, be teachable. That's really important in this whole college, not college debate. I'll just summarize if you're just joining us. Not everyone should go to college because not everyone's going to work in a career that requires it. Or maybe not in a traditional career per se at all. I believe that a stay-at-home mom is a vocation and a career in and of itself. And yet the world shames, and outright shames women into thinking other, otherwise. Here's the bottom line. Young men, and I would argue men of all ages, but I'm focusing a little bit on the next generation right here, are found floundering. They are struggling and flunking out of college. They're getting by with the whole theory, D's get degrees. But if you're going to school to just get D's and you're in a educational setting with a degree that is not going to help you get a job, why go? Why finish? I think that we need to have a broader perspective on the whole career trajectory and we need to have the conversation sooner. Young men are floundering. Many of Gen Z, who are currently aged 9 to 24, they just entered into the workforce over the last couple of years, are quitting working before they've even started, or they're working in full-time jobs from home, really working a couple hours a day, if that, and somehow getting paid for full-time work. And I'm not saying, hey, if you can get your work done fast, awesome. Get your work done fast. Pull it in a full day's work. Meet your responsibilities. But I don't see that that's what's happening with a lot of Gen Z and even part of my generation of Gen Y. So that's part of the problem. Men are floundering, but also student loans. Student loans have allowed for college degrees to be excessively expensive, for schools to be built on the backs of students who are taking out student loans, and for some whose parents can't afford it, the parents are paying for this astronomical prices for their kids to not get jobs. Now, here I want to talk about women for a moment because I'm a woman and I wish that there was a much better conversation about this. I mentioned that last week I was with a group of wonderful young men and women in the high school and college age range. And one of the conversations we had on the last day had to do with education, career. How do I choose what to major in? How do I tell my parent if I don't want to go to school and want to do a certification program or become a missionary? So many conversations that had to be had. What if I want to become a priest? You know, there are a lot of conversations. Did you know that a lot of men and women who want to enter into the priesthood or religious life are having to wait to do so because, get this, because they need to pay off their student loan debt first so that it does not become a burden for the order. Now, some religious orders are willing to just take on that debt or take on the individual and have them work at the same time. But literally, I think it's important to recognize that student loans are delaying people entering into religious life, into the priesthood, and even delaying people getting married or forcing people to have two incomes, or making people consider not having children yet. Not that I'm saying you should or shouldn't, but what I'm saying is that student loan debt is crippling for many, but in particular for women. We are being limited as women by our choices. I think that many women regret the damage that's been done by academic programs by the rigor and the focus on academia 
It's impacted women's finances with student loan debt or just what it's taken to pay for it. It's impacted women's health. The stress level of performing at such a high level in academia and often working at the same time, trying to develop skills and trying to keep up with everything else from preparing to get married, preparing to have children. Which brings me to a third thing that women are being impacted by the overly aggressive academic focus of universities for women, and that is our fertility. Delayed fertility is literally destroying the next generation. We're below replacement level right now in the United States. So anytime someone tries to say that we're overpopulated, it's ridiculous. But listen to this. In the United States alone, I'm not even talking about the rest of the Western world even, we're at a replacement level of 1.7. Just to sustain the human species, we need to be at least at a 2.1 replacement level. We're not even meeting that. Again, we're at 1.7. So here's the deal. Women are being this, told this big fat lie that you can have children whenever you want. You can't. The reality is, biologically, our bodies are most equipped and the healthiest and the most fertile for having children in our late teens and early 20s. Historically, this is when people have had children. And I do find it fascinating. May I just say for a moment, I know this is a little bit of a tangent, but so relevant, that isn't it fascinating that the prefrontal cortex of the brain isn't fully developed until a person is about 25 years old? Why is that interesting when it comes to the fact that our bodies are at their prime really prior to that age when it comes to fertility and having children and being able to rear children. Also, might I mention having more energy to rear children and just the chaos that ensues with young children? Well, we're more willing to take greater risks prior to the age of 25 when the prefrontal cortex is fully developed. Remember, we're Catholic. We believe in the human design for the human body. Did God make a mistake? Absolutely not. I think God really intended for us to have a greater sense of risk, a greater sense of risking our body, our energy, being tired prior to our, our brain developing as much, to have children prior to that time to help us through the challenges, to be more willing to have the children. I think that's very significant in this whole conversation. And again, coming back to my point of how women are hurting by this forced idea that every woman needs to have a college education, many women have regret and part of it surrounds fertility. Women who can't get pregnant after finishing university and graduate school. Women who can't get pregnant after the culture tells them as soon as they finish school that you, my dear, have to use your degree and you can't just waste it on a family and a home. I do need to mention, because I think this is important, that it is wonderful for women to be well-educated and then to choose to raise their families and to be a stay-at-home mom. That's a wonderful vocation, a wonderful career. Again, earlier I mentioned St. Paul saying, if anyone will not work, let him not eat. Stay-at-home moms, housewives are working, working to provide a home to care for people, to cultivate faith, and that's what we should be doing. There's a problem if we're not doing that. If we're sitting around being lazy, being those people who go and get massages and facials every day. Not that you shouldn't get a massage and facial from time to time, but I get that stereotype that some people hate as well. The culture is hurting women by saying you have to use your degree outside of the home and not waste it. If you use your home within the context of raising your family, it's the greatest thing you could do. But if education doesn't come as easily, for example, academically, or if it would be with great 
financial burden or even financial ruin, the education is not going to be able to be applied. It will be a burden instead. And this is the problem today. I think a lot of women don't have a choice due to loans and the cost of living than to have to work when they want to be home with their families. The world says motherhood, and I actually heard a woman say this recently, and I was astounded. Someone I know, a woman recently said motherhood is a trash vocation in 2023, a trash career choice. Isn't that sad? Because there's so much to be applied within the context of raising our families. And yet women are shamed into choosing university and shamed into working when they want to start a family. And so as we continue this whole conversation, I I have something to say again from the perspective of parents as well, but I know we have some thoughts on this whole conversation. Let's see, Alexandra from Salt Lake City called a few minutes ago and she's not with us anymore, but she said, have you heard of Pathway Worldwide? And I asked her my thoughts on it. We're going to have to look that up. I have a feeling this has to do with Education setting. Thomas, if you can give me some thoughts on Pathway Worldwide, I would be curious on this. Also, Teresa from California commented, people with degrees got a bigger raise in my husband's job. This is very true. So again, other perspectives are important. People who have degrees can often be promoted to higher level management, but it's not only people who have degrees. Work experience, hard work ethic, and being competent at your skill set, growing your skill set makes the world a difference. So I think that you have to balance both sides. And sometimes, might I throw in there, I'm finding that many young men will enter into the workforce now choosing not to go on the college path. And then they have a skill set. They start working and then they start working side by side on a college degree. I think this is a little bit more balanced for men to not get your college degree necessarily in four years, but to get it alongside working and practicing your skill set. Men need responsibility. And I think that this is part of the reason why young men are floundering in the education system. They don't always see the point of the education, especially when we see, statistically speaking, a lot of the women are outperforming them or being overly praised before them, or when there's preferential treatment for women in some jobs today as well. And again, there's preferential treatment for men in some jobs as well. I know I'm ruffling feathers in so many ways on this entire debate, but I am interested uh, to take Sebastian. Sebastian's calling from Alberta, Canada. Sebastian, what's your thought on this whole conversation? Hi, Kimberly. Thank you for taking my call. I have a billion and one thoughts, and I wish we had five hours, but I'll, <laughs> I'll do my best to get to the bottom of my questions. Well, Sebastian, it's a it's little a hard to hear from you. I, can you come a little closer to the phone, perhaps, or talk a little louder? Yes. Can you can, can you hear me? Okay. That's a little bit better. Go ahead. Okay. Continue. I'll, I'll speak. I'll speak louder. What do you um, expect from your husband in terms of his his he, him being away from home if he had to work a full time? job like how do you handle that how do you um when when it's is is it a struggle for him to feel fulfilled in terms of spending enough family time um and that question comes from my experience i have been a, an engineer for the past 12 years i'm just coming i am i am floundering i am coming out of severe uh, professional burnouts i'm reconsidering engineering again but in a way it's because it's my only option uh, but I have, I may have opportunities to 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 dive into completely different careers, such as horse training, 
Um, and that, that doesn't require going to college per se, but I am a father of four and it, you know, it's, it's just a, a lot of converging thoughts and fears. And, and I don't know, maybe your experience as a, as a young mother, um, how are the dynamics in this regard with your husband? Sebastian, I think this is a fascinating question, and I'm so glad you're asking it. And you're right, there's so much more that could be said on this topic. And if we don't have time to get to all of your thoughts, too, I'd love for you to write me an email. Uh, you can go to relevantradio.com forward slash trending to, if you have more thoughts to share on this. I just want to in- include that. But here's the deal. I think this is a great question. Your question, just to summarize, I'm sorry to hear that you're experiencing burnout in your career. You're an engineer. You're reconsidering it. And how incredible. You're looking at changing into a different opportunity because of the amount of time, especially as an engineer, it takes away from the family. And so your question is, what is that work-life balance in terms of expectation that I as a woman have of my husband and meeting the needs of both myself and my family, particularly my children? So this is a great conversation. I will tell you my perspective in a topic that my husband and I talk a lot about. And that is that historically speaking, and I think this is important to refer to, historically speaking, children often, not everyone, but often spent a lot more time with their children. We, especially fathers, we were in a culture that was very focused on agriculture or hunting and gathering, and boys had more time with their dads, as did girls, and vice versa. And I think today, much of the nine to five or nine to six or 80 plus hour work weeks are crippling for our kids. And I think that's really important to mention because I think kids need more time with their parents. And as parents, even if you have the superb career that is everything you've wanted, giving you all the accolades, if we're not doing well by our children, well, then we're failing as Catholics in our primary responsibility to have children and educate them, as the Catholic Church says. And so I think discernment is significant. My So here's what my husband and I do. He wants to be around our kids more and he also has a responsibility to provide for our family. And so he works East Coast hours. He starts at about 5, 6 a.m. He's done by anywhere between 2 and 3-ish. And he gets to spend more of the daylight hours and waking hours, might I argue, because a lot of parents are home and then their kids are asleep. But a lot of the waking hours with our girls. And our girls love it. They delight in it. It's so good for them. But it's good for him, too. And does that mean he's waking up earlier? Yes. But that just takes extra discipline to go to bed earlier, live a healthy lifestyle. It actually fuels him and drives him to live a healthier lifestyle. And so that's, those are part of the things that uh, we have really implemented. And, you know, at the end of the day, I really am working uh, in a way when the girls are sleeping or around their time or very limited when they're awake. And when I can't be with them, for example, right now, he's able to spend time and be with them. They have their dad during that hour that I'm not available. And so it allows for children, as historically was so, to spend more time with their parents, even alongside their parents when their parents are doing their own work as well. And I'll have more thoughts on this when I come back. Great question on maybe not everyone should go to college. We're talking about what you're thinking about. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Thanks for joining me. We're having a very fun and controversial conversation surrounding the fact that I really don't think that everyone should go to college. I've shared a lot of information, different careers that don't require 
schooling uh, that requires certification, hard work ethic being teachable, and many of which include starting base pay at six figures or close to it at times. It's interesting in the midst of this great reset in Gen Z who is already quitting working before they even started. Gen Z is anywhere between the age of nine and 24 today. All of this is very interesting to dive into. And Sebastian called, it's a little bit of a tangent, but I think relevant to this whole conversation. Sebastian, your question had to do with what are my expectations of my husband with regard to work and having that work-life balance? You mentioned this because you're an engineer, you're reconsidering entering into a different field that would allow you to be home more, and you're feeling burnt out, you're floundering, as are many people. And I do think it's interesting, highly educated people in very successful careers who are choosing to transition. It's fascinating. One thing I didn't share. So I shared this. My husband works East Coast hours so that he can be done by about anywhere between two and three-ish to spend more waking hours with our kids because a lot of parents don't get waking hours with our kids today. We also have it so that he's working from home anywhere from three to four days a week and he's able to pause sometimes, not always, and have a meal with us. You know, able to take a couple minutes to play with the kids or have a conversation. You know, our girls get to see more of dad. They get to see more of mom and dad interacting. They also get to see dad working because I think especially sometimes we've missed and lost that agricultural or hunter-gatherer mindset where kids were with their dads when they were doing work. And mom, and I think that girls, children were with their moms when they were doing work as well. You know, we have always worked as men and women, just work has evolved and changed in terms of how that looks to be presented in the way we provide for our families. And so something that is significant in him working from home is that kids are able to learn. And this is how I learned so much with my mom working in the pro-life world and real estate. I learned so much about real estate and pro-life work and law, many other things that had a huge influence on my education as well. So here's the deal. I think, Sebastian, this is a great question. I would really encourage you to prayerfully discern transitioning out of engineering and to really have these conversations with your spouse about how historically kids have had more time with their dads and side by side working with their dads. And I think as Catholics, we can be a part of that culture that changes the way the work experience is presenting itself today. And so I think there's a lot to be said on that, that I really appreciate you calling in on. Hey, when we're talking about university and schools, I do want to talk for a moment to the parents because maybe you are horrified, (laughs) absolutely horrified with the idea of me saying that college degree isn't worth it or maybe your kid shouldn't go to college. I do have some thoughts there, but I do want to invite you because we are very excited here at Relevant Radio for the Eucharistic Congress. It's July 17th through 21st, 2024. That's not this year because I have a hard time remembering what year it is now that we are getting so far into the 21st century. But this Eucharistic Congress is going to be life-changing in the heart of the Midwest, and you're invited to join us there. You can come be a part of the National Eucharistic Congress in Indianapolis, not this summer, but next. You'll meet your favorite show hosts, if you'd like. Join us for the Family Rosary Across America each night on the main stage. And most importantly, join together with over 80,000 
thousand other Catholics and adoring Christ in the Eucharist. Let's show up for Jesus next summer in Indianapolis. Learn more and get the latest information about the Congress by signing up at relevantradio.com slash indie. That's for Indiana. You're listening to Trending with Tim Ray here on Relevant Radio. Okay, my comments to parents on the whole topic of maybe you shouldn't go to college. And, oh, there are so many calls coming in. I'm going to have to save some of these notes and pick this conversation back up. I do just want to touch on this, and we'll take some of these calls. Parents, the American dream historically has been to include going to college in many respects, having that education so that you can be self-sufficient, so that you can pursue what you want. But I argue education can also be self-taught and skill sets can be learned through the trades. And again, people are making six figures today without having to have a degree necessarily. Hard work ethic can take you much further than college degrees sometimes do. Skills and certifications are earning people, again, this is important, six figures. And I think this is important. I had a conversation from the perspective of children of immigrants and how it's really hard to tell immigrant parents because sometimes like we're here, we're in the United States, get this education, get your doctorate, become a doctor. And I've seen it even in my peer set. I, I married into an immigrant family as well. A lot of my friends are immigrants and sometimes the pressure on how intense it is with regard to education can be crippling, especially in a culture where, again, you don't necessarily graduate with skill sets when you come out of university. If you or your child do not have a degree, that never makes you inferior. And I think that's significant. People rise to the highest ranks of many institutions and businesses without a college degree or because they needed additional skill sets in trades and certifications that they used. And I think parents, listen, a year off of school, not in school, whether it's a gap in college or before going into college, I don't think that's the worst thing. And here's what I would encourage. As long as they are working, taking on healthy responsibility, sense of responsibility I think that as long as they're not wasting their time wasting money via student loans or your money if they're not floundering because they are taking on responsibility and working that's great they can discern and work through what they want to do next again St. Paul said when commenting on idleness if anyone will not work let him not eat I think this context of this whole conversation goes back to St. Paul's words in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, where he says, In toil and labor we have worked, night and day, that we might not burden any of you. Remember, we have a sense of responsibility for what we do, how we provide for others. And I want to continue to take this conversation up because I think there's a lot to be said. And I had a question come in from James in Chicago about giving advice to high school students. We'll talk a little bit about that as well as diving more into this debate. I know there were a lot of calls that came in. John, California, Joy from Las Vegas. I'm actually taking note of those. And we'll talk about it a little bit more over the coming days. So if you want to call back or write in as well, you can ask my producer for the email to share your thoughts as well. I'd love to unpack this topic more because I think it's a hot topic that we need to discuss more in the days and weeks and years to come. Uh, There's so much to be said. I do want to just mention briefly, John from LA, California said, I think online entrepreneurship is a good option for fathers to do while they are working their day jobs. This is great. 
My husband works in this exact area. He's an entrepreneur finding other ways to provide income. And again, it's something that you can do apart from your day job as well. So much more to be said coming up on this topic. Up next is the Family Rosary Across America. This is Tim Ray from Trending with Tim Ray. I hope you'll join me Thursday for our weekly marriage hour. We're going to talk about couples with joint checking accounts statistically being happier than those who don't have joint checking accounts when they're married. Interesting. I didn't know a lot of people who are married don't have joint checking accounts, at least Catholic people. I'm fascinated to hear the people who come forward sharing this. But also, we'll talk with Father Paul Solons about the impact that same-sex parenting has on children. So join me Thursday at 6 p.m. Central on Relevant Radio.